Welcome back to That's Loaded, a Sofa King iconic podcast with Caitlin B. and Sarah Bell. We are so excited for this episode because it's our first freaking guest ever, which is so exciting. We've been waiting for this moment for months now. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. And now that we have had one, we can just like rip off the band-aid and we're ready to go. We are. So if there is anybody that you want to hear on That's Loaded Podcast, make sure you go follow us on Instagram at That's Loaded Podcast and let us know. Yep. Because uh, we are ready. We're professionals now and we're ready to start interviewing people. We're basically Oprah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking more of like a Tyra Banks kind of thing, but okay. Or like a Maury. Yeah. Definitely Maury. You're right. So this week's episode is with our friend Bridget or Bridge Fit on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She is really focused on health and wellness on her Instagram, which is really interesting that I, when I first found her Instagram, I was like, I probably won't have much in common with this girl, but her and I have so much in common. We have so much fun together. And when Caitlin suggested the idea of the Enneagram podcast I was like Mm -hmm. there's no doubt in my mind who we should invite to be on this podcast other than Bridget because she is so knowledgeable on the subject that it really wouldn't make any more sense to have anyone else. Absolutely I found the Enneagram test a couple years ago which we'll dive into but it is a tool to help you understand yourself and your peers better it's a personality mm-hmm. test and so if you're looking you know to know the basics introduction to enneagrams and just the different types of personalities and wings then you are going to love this show because Bridget knows all of the things way more knowledgeable than we would ever be on this subject so very excited to have the expert on yeah, and I learned so much from it. And I mean, I've been I friends did. with Bridget for like a year now. And the fact that every single time I hang out with her, I learn more. But today, especially, holy shit, I feel like a professional. I'm so into it. And now I want to go get all of the books that she recommended so that I can try to personality type my friends. Yeah, same. So if you want to take the test, um, there's multiple different places that you can take it. We talk about that on the podcast with Bridget, but Mm -hmm. um, just whenever you are taking it, make sure you take it honestly. Yes, you have to really, as Bridget says, like go to your, you know, deepest self, the parts that you, you know, don't really want to show, Mm -hmm. but they're there and you just got to be honest and have a little introspection moment and you'll get the best results. But we will link where to take the test in our show notes. So be sure to check that out. And then at the end of the episode, once you know about all the different personality types and take the test for yourselves, come back Mm -hmm. on That's Loaded Podcast Instagram and comment below what you are because I'm very interested. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear what everyone else is because exciting. it's just so interesting and it's really cool I can't wait to hear about what Becker ends up testing to be just because it will make a whole lot of sense with how he reacts to things and I don't know I'm really really excited and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Bridget enjoy enjoy bitches okay so we want to thank you so much for joining us on that's loaded and being our first guest our first loaded guest it's gonna be amazing and if people follow you they probably know that you're really into health and wellness why don't you give us a little background information on who you are as a person because 
I want our followers to know because you're a great human and I love you. Thanks. Well, my name is Bridget Firestein, um, better known on Instagram as Bridgefit. Yes. (laughs) um, My page was definitely when I first started Instagram, like, you know, like the when everyone was really deep into like bodybuilding and stuff. What was it like mm-hmm. mid 2000s? And so I was kind of into that, the like lifting and dieting. And now my page has kind of turned into more overall wellness, uh, teaching people how to be healthy without having to diet, non toxic products. And mm-hmm. there's a dash of other things mixed in there. I love reality TV and I love oh, the Enneagram, yes. which you'll see me <laughs> post a lot about. And people are like, what is that? And I have to re explain it all the time, but it is. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me was learning about the Enneagram and I'm obsessed. When did you find out about the Enneagram? Because I think it's been like a couple years for me, but I know when did he, it's been around for a while. It's been around for a really long time and I didn't really hear about it until I went to my therapist and mm-hmm. she was really big on it. And she was like, I really want you to take this test and I want your husband to take this test and we can better mm-hmm. understand how you guys can Um, mesh well together and understand each other's fears and desires and better understand yourself. So Mm -hmm. I took the test, immediately became obsessed with it, which she thought was really funny because she was like, wow, you're really your Enneagram right now, which I found out I was an Enneagram (laughs) one, which I'll explain what that is. But she was like, an Enneagram one would be the one that wants to learn everything about it and get a book and improve themselves. (laughs) So she thought it was very funny. And her and my husband ended up being the same number. They were an eight, um, which is also Mm -hmm. what Sarah is. Mm-hmm. And eights and ones actually have a lot of similar qualities that I'll talk about too. So a lot of people who are eights might mistype as a one and vice versa. It's so funny. The first time I met you, it was probably one of our first conversations was about Enneagrams, like 1000%. Yep. We were talking about Real Housewives of New York, Bethany. Ugh, and you were yes. like, oh, I totally think she's a one. And I was like, really? I thought she was an eight because she's very similar to me. Like I do a lot of self-reflecting based off of how Bethany reacts. <laughs> You're yeah. a healthy Situation. eight, though. You're a healthy eight, and I think Bethany's like an unhealthy one, which <laughs> comes with like a lot of qualities that can like mimic an eight. So, oh, yeah, and that's so another funny. thing. I when I watch reality TV, every person I am enneagram typing them. Okay, that's funny because I kind of do that with zodiacs. I'm like always trying to figure oh, out. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. you're emotional. You've got to be a Pisces or a Cancer, and then I always Google it after to see if I'm right. I, so I did that fun. with what was it Cameron from Love is Blind you know the really nice guy who yes. fell in love like immediately and I was like he has to be a cancer there's no other horoscope sign he could be he's so emotional and like wanted to marry her like yes. day one googled it and he's a cancer mm-hmm. so do you guys want to tell us what your guys's Enneagram type is and what yes so I am a three wing two which you can explain what wings are but Mm-hmm. That is the achiever as I, I guess a three wing two. So technically you're also like known as a different name. So a three is the achiever, but three wing two is the charmer, I guess. So that's what I am. You're a charmer. I'm such a charmer. <laughs> that's so weird. I think, isn't that what Cody, or yeah, Cody is a two. When we were at a bar, Bridget oh. was like diagnosing his, uh, whether or not he like was so a, these are your biggest fears in life uh-huh. <laughs> and then he well, ended up taking it and he ended up being a two so Bridget I think got Alex right is a head Alex might be a two or actually I think he's a nine he's a nine so Interesting. I am extremely analytical I think it's like my rising Virgo and my moon Virgo and I have a yes. lot of Virgo in me so uh-huh. when I meet people I want to analyze them and get to know them <laughs> like on a different I level and it's really hard to do that on a first meeting 
<clears throat> so I feel like the Enneagram helps with that. So it I'll does. kind of explain. The Enneagram is a personality test that goes one through nine. So it's going to show you what your basic desire and what your basic fear is. And it's so much more detailed to, than that. But it's a really cool way to get to know yourself and to know others and have more empathy for others. Because when you get to know what someone else's fear is and their desire, you might be like, oh, that's why they do what they do. So they say it's really good for you to know what your coworkers are, your significant others, your family members. So that's how I got really big into it. Mm -hmm. I'm an Enneagram one, which is the perfectionist. So the perfectionist biggest fear is being bad or defective. So like if you told me I was a bad person, that would be like the worst thing you could possibly do to me. <laughs> We're very like fight for a cause, the improver. We love self-help books and vitamins and working out and all those yes. things. But again, there's stereotypes to every Enneagram number that might not fit someone. So I'm not like extremely tidy where other mm -hmm. ones could be very type A OCD. Um, Sarah, you are an Enneagram eight, right? And what does that come out with with you? Yeah, I'm an eight wing seven. Do you wing anywhere? I wing Do strong, you wing? strong, strong too. So a wing number means that when you find out what Enneagram number you are, you can have a wing, but it has to be a number that is neighboring to you. So mm -hmm. since I'm a one, the only two numbers that I can wing is a nine or a two. And that's a big mm -hmm. thing that people misunderstand. They think when they take the test that their second place number is going to be their wing. That's and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was oh, like, I'm an eight wing three. And people are like, that's not possible. I'm like, no, trust me. I'm an eight wing yeah, three. It and they're like, <laughs> literally not how it works. <laughs> but see, eights and threes also have a lot of qualities in common because eights, threes, and sevens are all a part of the aggressive triad. So you guys are more Ooh. likely to tell people how it is and to want to lead in a situation. Whereas I can't remember the name for it. There's sixes, ones, and twos. We're in a triad where we're, we're like the loyalists who want to be close to other people, but maybe not have us be the leaders and we can follow someone else's lead. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the loners, the people that want to spend more time alone, that's going to be your fours, fives, and nines who are like, I need some good quality time by myself and tend to be a little bit more passive. That's so weird. I always assumed that three would be not Caitlin because that would require confrontation. And Caitlin hates confrontation. <laughs> not to put you on the spot, Caitlin, but... I totally do. And yeah, like Bridget said, not every single thing is going to align <laughs> with this. But for the gist of a three, which is like to be successful and admired by others and being valuable, I guess, like that is yes. a huge drive for me. And I've always like wanted to help people like to a fault where I'm like over just, you know, what's the word? Mm -hmm. um, just too many, putting th too many things on my plate. But that is like a huge thing for me. So we love. When I saw you from afar, you know, like looking at your Instagram, I yeah. would have thought you were a one. Oh, Just really? because you're very into being environmentally friendly and mm -hmm. self-care and those are strong qualities of a one because you're going you're running after a cause. So like a one is like okay. the protagonist. They're like the leader for the people. Like we need to make change. So eights and ones both want to stand up for the like underdog. Mm -hmm. But an eight is going to be more concerned with their underdogs, if that makes sense. So it's like if you an eight doesn't know you personally, they might not be as concerned about making sure you're okay. Like an eight will go to battle for their people that they love. That's true with Sarah. Mm -hmm. But like yeah. 
they have to feel like you're deserving of them battling for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas a one might be like an overall cause might, you know, being okay. a vegetarian, you're like, I need to fight for all of these people and mm-hmm. for the, cause it's the right thing to do. And an eight's like, I'm doing it because I love you and I care about you. And I don't love and care about a lot of people because that's vulnerable. So okay. basically don't fuck with Bridget and I. Yes. True. <laughs> I'll really quickly go through the other numbers so people can kind of see what they feel like they align with. So a two is the helper. Their biggest fear is to be unlovable. So their basic desire is to be loved. Mm -hmm. And you'll find a two is that person that would like bend over backwards for you and is that sweet person who bakes you a cake for your birthday and sends you a sweet little message and tends to be like the best mom in the world. That's like a stereotype of a two. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the three is the achiever. So the biggest fear of a three is to be unworthy. So Mm. like an unhealthy three might be very obsessed with like status and materialistic things and power. But like a healthy three is more just trying to feel like they've done as much as they can and have worked hard to get where they're at. A four is the individualist or the romantic. So the four's biggest fear is to be misunderstood or to be like everybody else. So your typical four is that person's like, I'm not like anyone else you've ever met. I'm different, very poetic, artsy, uh, daydreamer. Mm-hmm. And then a five is the thinker or the logicist. So the biggest fear of a five is to be without knowledge. They tend to be the quieter person in the room unless you get them talking about something that they find really valuable or interesting. Mm-hmm. And they need more alone time than any other number in the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. A six is the loyalist. So the six's biggest fear is fear itself. So they want safety and comfort. comfort. And supposedly a six is what a majority of society is. Really? Really? I didn't know Yes. That. Which I don't come across a lot of sixes, but I guess that is the case. So sixes, again, tend to always know like where's the exit or they can be pessimistic and they kind of need to run down, run by their ideas with other people before they move forward with things. But sixes can be very hard to type because a lot of times they can tie on to other people so much that it's hard to know their type. Mm -hmm. Seven is the enthusiast. Their biggest fear is to like have boundaries. So a seven is going to be like the person who always wants to have fun, doesn't want to have hard feelings, doesn't want limits, hates diets, hates, you know, (laughs) structure. (laughs) Yes. Essentially, they're like, don't tell me when I need to stop drinking or eating or having fun. Like I want to have fun with no boundaries. And if I'm drunk. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe you wing seven. Different Enneagram type when we're drunk. (laughs) Yes. Straw is a seven, hard seven. (laughs) So a seven is that person that when they have a bad day, they're like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. And they almost feel depressed about being depressed. And so they have to kind of like, they fight really hard feelings. An eight is the challenger. Their biggest fear is to be controlled. And so an eight tends to have had a lot of eights, not everyone. Um, something in their childhood that made them feel like they couldn't be a child anymore and they needed to become an adult and put on armor. So an eight might be that person that comes off maybe aggressive in a room, but they're actually, when they're in really good health, become more two-like and soft and caring. And eights are typically the hardest per- uh, working number. So an eight's mm. going to get crap done. A lot of CEOs are eights. And then nines are the peacemaker and their biggest um, desire is to be comfortable. And so a nine hates you know, confrontation. They love sleep. They love relaxing. Nines are one of the most sedentary types, but they can still work into health and get out of that. But a nine is also very hard to type because they're going at the flow so much. A lot of times you might not know their personalities until you get really close to them and then you can see those qualities. Interesting. 
So when I was like Googling it, all this just to kind of learn a little bit more about it, I found on one of the websites they divided the Enneagram types into three different types, the heart type, the head type, and body type. Have you ever heard of this before? Because I had never, I'd never heard of this either. So I've read a few books on it, but I am not sure which one is which for the types on that one. The heart type is two, threes, and fours. They depend on the emotional intelligence to understand their own reactions and connect with others, which I thought was interesting. So I guess that's Caitlin. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Head, that would be five, six, and seven. They depend on their intellectual intelligence to make sense of things and navigate the world around them. And then the body types is eight nine and one which is i was like is this why bridget and i get along so well it's because they depend on instinctual intelligence and follow their gut and respond to threat and opportunities i was like t do you do you feel like you align with that Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like in order to feel like i trust somebody or i want to move forward in something i'm very like gut oriented because Mm -hmm. again a one's very ruled by we do what we think is right Mm -hmm. and so in order to feel like we know what's right and what's wrong you have to kind of lean on your gut. Totally agree with that because I feel when it comes to making friendships, especially, it's all based on gut with me. Like I can tell within like two minutes if I'm going to like someone. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that yes. someone will surprise me. So in that aspect, I was like, interesting. Never heard of this mm-hmm. before, but I'm going to write it down. <laughs> You're like, I am a body type. <laughs> well, I feel like for me, I may not know. I usually like people pretty quick off mm-hmm. unless you give me a reason to not like you. But I always say like I feel like I'm an acquired taste. Like most people I come off really strong and intense because I'm so analytical and I ask a <laughs> yes. lot of questions and talk a lot that I'm like either – you. most people don't love me at first. Really? But – I was I know, obsessed. I don't think so. See, I was like, oh but God. I would have thought you hated me. But maybe it was your eight quality of being, you know – defending yourself before being vulnerable and getting okay. to know you because then the second time we hung out I felt like I got to know you really well and I was like oh I, mm-hmm. I think she actually really likes me and we vibe really well <laughs> right so maybe if they're just like closed off and it takes you have to like kind of peel away those layers someone would maybe be uncomfortable with that like feel like they're being interrogated <laughs> but I actually love people I feel like I'm just drawn to well I have a lot of friends that are threes as well but also eights I feel like it's always just three or eights for me um I, I, I like that personally. Other people just kind of like, you know, like Sarah especially has always been just like, you know, the, the instigator with that and like super chatty and just kind of leads conversations and stuff like that. And I, I love that because I just kind of go along with it. I always tell people that Caitlin's like me, but just a little more quiet. <laughs> <laughs> just like toned down. Yeah, just a little bit. But you can also turn it up. Yeah. With the Enneagram, I like that I can, I'm not deciding whether or not I'm going to get along with someone because I have friends of every type, but Mm -hmm. I can understand why someone might be quieter or louder or might send me like, I have a friend that's a four Mm -hmm. and whenever we leave a hangout, she always sends like a very long, loving text message about how much our friendship means to one another and I get where that's coming from because she's a four and she like Mm -hmm. works so much from the heart. Mm -hmm. Whereas like before I might be like, my oneness might be like, oh my gosh, this is so much. Like I have to respond in the same way or our friendship's not going to work, but she's not asking for that from me. It's just her difference in personality type. Love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's- Do you find that there are certain Enneagram types that are often friends or get along with each other the most or vice versa? 
They say with friendship, sometimes like your growth and stress numbers can be really good for you. Mm -hmm. So if you look at your number, it's going to show another number that you go to in growth and a number you go to in stress. So for example, as a one in growth, I go to seven, which means I become less rigid and I have more fun and enthusiastic and I take on some of the positive qualities of a seven. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in stress, I take on some of the negative qualities of a four. Mm -hmm. So I become more withdrawn and the grass is greener on the other side and no one understands me. I take on those negative qualities. So Mm. for me, I remember reading once because my best friend, she's a seven which is complete opposite of a one. Mm -hmm. It says we're actually a really good pairing because I help ground her and help her create structure and she helps me have fun and be more carefree. So they say with friendships a lot of times, like your growth and stress numbers can be best. And then a lot of married couples end up being neighboring numbers, which I see all the time. So a lot of people end up with the person that's like one number away from them. Sarah, what's Cody? Two. He's a two. Okay, so Mm -hmm. not your neighbor, but... And so you're not neighbors either, right? Because you're three and nine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure. He's either a two or a nine. I can't remember. I'll have to look at his score. I'm a one and Nathan's an eight. So we miss a number two. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just about knowing each other's um, negatives and positives. So for Nathan, mm-hmm. I know sometimes when he might want things his way, mm-hmm. it's because he doesn't, it feels vulnerable to relinquish control. And so it gives me more empathy for him in those moments like hey I'm not trying to control you or tell you how I want things to be I'm this is you know compromise in a relationship and so that gives us more empathy for one another and he knows for me when he comes at me and it's like hey this should be done this way he's learning like oh that's really hard on your Enneagram one Mm -hmm. because you can't be told you do things wrong and it makes it really hard for me to apologize which he knows (laughs) because ones we always think like we do things right yep so I will apologize when I feel like I did something wrong, but it's <laughs> but not, not super often. It's not happening. <laughs> yes. So do you find that like if you're an Enneagram 8 and you meet another Enneagram 8, do you think that is better or worse for the relationship? Ooh, I don't know because I don't know a lot of people who are the same number who are together. I actually can't think of a single couple in any of my friendships, my family who are the same number. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if those qualities as like a lifelong partner are too much of the same for people a lot of times so they don't end up together. I don't know because actually I can't think of anyone. I think maybe yeah. too it depends if you're you know more of that positive eight or negative eight like you said because yes. you could maybe bring out the great qualities in each other but you could also be like super destructive together. But yeah that mm-hmm. would be really interesting to see. I want to hear from like a couple that's the same one. I know. I know. That'd be well, so Well, and also crazy. if you wing different too. So think about like oh, a one wing two comes out really different than a one wing nine. So mm-hmm. because I wing two, I, I tend to be more of an aggressive one mm-hmm. because I'm more focused on helping people and I'm not afraid to say how I feel. Whereas a one wing nine might keep their opinions to, their self, to themselves a lot more. True. So we come out very, very different. And you'll meet a lot of people that are your same number that you're like, oh, like, I'm actually vastly different from that person, but your core desires and some of maybe like your toxic traits, because you also live on a healthy scale. Mm -hmm. So it's another really interesting thing for people to look at when you Google your Enneagram number is there's a scale of, I think it's one to nine as well. And there's three different ways you can be in health, three ways you can be in average and three ways you can be in negative spaces. And you can see, they say you want to live in your upper self so that when you have a bad moment or a bad day, you just dip down into average. But most people are living in their average self. Mm -hmm. So when they have a bad day, they're dipping down into the the bad, bad place. And 
it's very interesting. It'll even tell you about some of the addictions that you might be prone to with your Enneagram number. So like a three, Caitlin could be addicted to plastic surgery and <laughs> extreme improvement, you know, because you want to be seen as beautiful and successful, which there's tons of reality TV people I could tell you that are definitely Enneagram threes. Yes. Uh-huh. An eight. I can't remember what an eight's addictions would be. Lip filler. I know, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I know a one was like diet pills and exercise and I was about to say since you like structure and like rigid and health it yeah it would probably be like it can go too taking far. it to the extreme yes and like sevens are most prone to addiction of any enneagram number because they don't like boundaries really sevens mm-hmm. oh gosh I really want Alex to retake this now it's so funny because Nathan and I both are eights but I feel like him and I are very different people but then the fact that Cody you know plays video games with him he gets along so well with them and I wonder if it's because like obviously he's in a relationship with an eight but he's also friends with a lot of eights it's just weird you know what I mean Mm -hmm. well if you don't have an eight in your life I feel like eights can be they say like an eight is like Darth Vader who walks in and is like they walk into a room assuming that someone in a good way like but they're assuming someone's trying to screw with them until you give them a reason to be like okay you're a safe person so if if you didn't have an eight in your life I feel like you could come off really aggressive and scary, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that when you have a solid eight in your life and you know people like that, you know their heart and know the first impression is just of trying to prevent being vulnerable. So I feel like for me, I actually have a lot of eight friends in my life because I I know- That was going to be my next question was, do you have a lot of eight friends? (laughs) Because obviously you're married to an eight. Well, you're my friend and our pastor is an eight and he's our really good friend. He's the same age as us, but it comes out very different with him too. So it's just very interesting, but I see a lot of similar qualities and I mm-hmm. also have a ton, a ton of ones around me. Um, interesting. My husband's old drummer was a one. Uh, Jenna's husband is a one. One of both of Nathan's producers are Enneagram ones. Interesting. Oh my gosh. So there's lots of ones around me, which is funny because I see us all do a lot of the same things that just makes me laugh. Do you find that certain numbers align with zodiac signs? Because you say you're surrounded by a lot of eights and ones, so I'm curious what their zodiac is because I have a group of friends here in LA who were all Aquarius and one Leo, mm-hmm. which is our sister sign, and all of us are three wing twos, like every single one. So, and I Ooh, really, I yeah, so. It's weird. Well, one, you're in LA, so I feel like a lot of threes are going to end up in LA. We're all transplants, but yeah, it is interesting. But two, yes, there is like a correlation with horoscope signs and numbers. So you can actually Google and see what your horoscope signs most likely to be. So typically a Leo would actually be a three. Mm -hmm. That's the most common number. I'm a Leo, but I have so much Virgo in my sun chart or in my chart. Right. I have three different planets in Virgo. And Virgo is a very, very Enneagram uh, one number. And Nathan, he's an Aries. And that's super common to be a Enneagram eight because Aries is like the first sign in this horoscope sign. They like to be the leader. They're the ram. So they're more aggressive. So that also pairs up really well with his horoscope Mm -hmm. sign. And apparently Scorpios too. Oh, Scorpios, I feel like would most likely be fours and eights. My mom's yeah. a Scorpio, though, and she's a six. My mom's a Scorpio, too. Really? <laughs> I really want her to take this. I'm, I'm going to send this to everyone who I haven't sent this to yet, and I need to make, like, a note <laughs> section in my phone so I can keep track of everybody's. 
And you need to guess what people's numbers I know. are. Numbers are because it's very exciting when you get it right. I need so what kind of books do you, you recommend on this that you've read because I feel like I need to go snatch them up because I'm so interested in this. So The Path Between Us is a really great book. Well, let's start with I guess The Road Back to You is like the first Enneagram book that most people read and it kind of goes over the test. So you can take the test in that book and figure out what number you are okay. and then it goes over each Enneagram number. The Path Between Us goes deeper into how each Enneagram number interacts mm-hmm. with one another. So that's a really great um, secondary book. And then I have this one that's like daily affirmations for each number that I was really good that my therapist suggested. And it's just kind of working through those challenges you have. Like mm-hmm. a one is like, I'm good without having to try to be good. A two is I'm lovable, you know, without having to try and go so forth and so on with those things that are hard for us to say to ourselves mm-hmm. based on our our fears. Um, but those are the three books I would say that and I'll, I'll um send them to you guys so you can link them if you want to yeah we'll add them to cool. the show notes so earlier mm-hmm. when we were talking about wings you said that you don't necessarily have to wing something you can be mm-hmm. a hard like eight a hard nine that's true right so, yes yeah, so a lot of people don't really wing and your wings can actually change so your number stays the same throughout your whole life so when you take the test they say the way to get the most accurate number is to think of yourself before age 25 and to think of yourself at your worst point in your life because you want those really negative qualities to be how you're kind of like taking the test and mm-hmm. being very very honest with yourself is really important to get the right you know test results too because mm-hmm. a lot of people will be like want to answer a certain way but it's not truthful how to they who wish they are they were mm-hmm. instead of how they actually are yes so your number will never change but your wings could even change in a month you know or a day oh, like depending really? on how your day goes so you can kind of wing both ways in a lot of ways but most people kind of strongly wing one way and then there's people i know that you really just don't have a wing they don't really adapt to any of the qualities of either side they're just true and straight through and through like the number that they are I just never see me being like an eight wing nine. Just nine just doesn't seem like anything I could ever That is even not fathom. you. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I say like for me, I wing nine only when maybe I'm like at a restaurant and I would have to tell the waiter like something was wrong with my food and I become more passive and I'm like, you know what? It's just not worth it. Mm. But That's with too. like a family member or a friend, if they hurt my feelings, like I 0% wing nine. I'm going to be like, hey, you hurt my feelings and we need to talk about this. But with like people I don't really know, that's where I wing nine more. So we have this part of our podcast for guests where we ask them loaded <laughs> questions. And oh boy, we I came up with this one, but it <laughs> seems like you already do it in your free time. So we're going to give you like a little rapid fire of the Real okay. Housewives. And Ooh. I want you to tell us what you think each one of these are. And okay. I'll say one, then Caitlin will say one. I just have random ones written down. So Caitlin, whatever you want to ask her, ask her. And we'll just do like five or six and you can tell us what you think. There's so many good Housewives. Okay. Oh my gosh. I know. Okay, so I'll start. Mm-hmm. Bethany. She's a one because she cares about helping people in need and always has to be right and tells everyone she's right and tells people how to live their lives. And I relate. Leah Mob. Seven. Seven through and through. She just wants to have fun and have no boundaries and don't tell her what to do. Ashley from Potomac. Potomac, Mm, sorry. Maybe a three because 
she seems like she may be married for money. And <laughs> I, I think that's a definite. Yeah. <laughs> and she, yes. ca- she chameleons pretty well with her environment. Or she could be a six who goes to three and unhealth. And she just wanted to feel safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And she seems like she's very worried about her child and is very conscious about the products she uses and everything and how that's going to impact her child. So she could be a six who goes to three and unhealth as well. Interesting. Kyle. A three. Strong three. Very, really? very cares about shopping. I think she wings strong too. So she's very family oriented. And My girl. but she wants to be the top dog. She does. Monique. That is true. Ooh, Monique is a one. She can't be wrong. She's she's got a binder of everyone else's wrongdoings. Binder. I couldn't loaded. tell if she was an eight or a one. Mm-hmm. No, because I don't know why. I just I see one in her versus eight because ones people don't realize how much anger we get because we get resentful. So she's not like oh. always angry, but she she pent up a lot of frustration, which then turned into extreme resentment, which then you rage. Whew. That was wild. Interesting. It was. What about I could watch that fight though a hundred times. I my stomach like I've never like felt like I was there more than that scene. I was shaking, Oof. my stomach hurt. I was like, this at the screen. <laughs> it was insane. That was amazing. I thought you were talking oh. about in the reunion when she brought out the receipts and I was just like That also was <laughs> I was I kind of was sweating amazing. when the when the husbands were yelling at each other because I was like Hopefully no one hurts my boy Candace's husband because <laughs> yeah. he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> He's sweet. He will go to battle for her. What about Vanderpump? Oh, I have them all typed. Huh? Stassi, I have them all typed. So Stassi, or you mean Lisa Vanderpump. Lisa Vanderpump. The Vanderpump rules. Definitely a three. 100% a three. She chameleons in whatever situation she's in. She wants to be top dog and she does some sneaky thing sometimes to become top dog. So Ones and threes both want to be top dog in different ways and even eights, but threes in unhealth will cheat to win. So like if they have to cut corners to get there, they'll do it. And so when Lisa Vanderpump is kind of doing all the snaky things behind the scenes to like, you know, the bringing the tabloid magazine and trying to put Dorit in a weird situation with the dog gate, like very unhealthy Enneagram three but most people in OC are gonna be or not OC uh, Beverly Hills are gonna be threes like almost the entire cast is threes I was about to ask are they all pretty much threes but then Dorit's a three Teddy's a one I think Erica's an eight. Oh, of course she's a Gemini I'm trying to think if there's anyone who else is who else is on there right now I don't even oh Lisa Lisa Renna Lisa. Mm-hmm. oh Renna three what or about seven Denise? but most likely three Denise is really hard. Me and my friend Jenna tried to type her forever. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking seven because she doesn't like to be controlled and told what to do. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of lived a wild life, (laughs) but she's not super aggressive. But if you need her to be aggressive, she will be. So I think seven, but that was, she's very hard to read. And so it's hard to know. When I was over your house a few weeks ago and I met your dog, God bless him. He's so cute. (laughs) What's your dog's name? His name Louis. is Louie. Louie. You told me that your dog is a seven. And I would just like you to explain this that. This is a loaded question, by the way. Uh, so we jokingly type our dogs, my friends and I, 
Because my last dog was definitely an Enneagram too. He was so <laughs> loving and caring. And if you were having a bad day or crying, he'd lick your tears. And all he wanted was to be cuddled Aww. and told that he was loved. So I was like, he he's a two. Mm-hmm. Well, my dog now is a seven in the sense that all he wants to do is have fun. And when he gets in trouble, he's upset for a half a second. He's like, let's p- bypass this like hard feeling. Like you could oh scream gosh. at him and he will be like, oh, so unfazed. Anytime someone comes over to the house, he literally parkours on all the furniture. He will dead sprint onto the couch, back down, sprint around the house. His favorite thing in the morning is just waking up and seeing life. And so he's just the happiest. What a sweet being. Likes to have fun dog. He's definitely a seven. And he doesn't (laughs) like to be told what to do. He'll stare at me sometimes and be like, nah, I'm not doing that. He's like, "Mm -mm, that's amazing. I go by my own rules, mom. And backpacking off of that, if... You've watched my Instagram stories, and I know you haven't met Miller, but I would like you to take a guess at what you would give Miller on the anagram scale, because I truly have no idea, but mm-hmm. I would just love to hear from the expert. Oh, yeah, what would Miller be? He's an interesting Well, I case. asked you some questions. I was like, is he, you know, super, is he, is he a scared dog? Yes. <laughs> I don't know why pants. I lean towards six. <laughs> I feel like he needs you to like, he needs you to throw his ball. He's not like making his own yes. fun. And he likes to kind of lay back, but he's loyal. And if he's fearful, mm-hmm. I feel like he's a six. Because six is that. also like Shannon Bador on Real Housewives oh of OC gosh. is 100% a six, which sixes go to three in unhealth. So that's why like a six. At first, I thought Shannon was a three because she seemed very status conscious mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. like, oh, it's like the Bador household and things like that. <laughs> But then I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, she's such a hypochondriac. She's super like pessimistic and scared in her relationships about being vulnerable because sixes feel like they can't trust people a lot. Mm. And I was like, she's definitely a six who's in unhealth. So she goes to three. So the hypochondriac, like the fearfulness maybe with your dog, because he also, he's not a hypochondriac, <laughs> but he has health issues. <laughs> he's got a lot of I issues. I could totally, totally see him being a six. Because you're so into it, do you find that you get like your friends and your husband and your parents and do you find that they're into enneagrams now because of you because you talk about it so often like in a good way obviously (laughs) they make fun of me Mm -hmm. a lot so my sister hated when I would bring it up forever and then somehow in COVID she decided to like dig into it and now she's obsessed with it had all of her employees take it find out their numbers and she feels like it's helped a lot with her understanding her and her husband's differences. He's a five and she's a two. So she loves that quality time and he loves alone time. So it used to hurt her feelings when he would be like, oh, I'd rather game than have date night. And now she understands like, oh, he needs more of that alone yeah. time. And I need more of that quality time. But a lot of my friends make fun of me for it. But I do find like my best friend, she's just as obsessed as I am. So we love to watch reality tv and type people together and yeah so i f- and nathan's not super interested in it but he will let me talk to him about it because he's <laughs> sweet like that what a do you think love languages like the ones that we gravitate more are based off of our enneagram maybe i'm trying to think because my- for me i'm acts of service uh-huh. but i don't know if that would be like a one quality or is that like or mix with two. It's just a random so question like, I came up with. There's no right or wrong I mean, answer. <laughs> it could be like, what if a bunch of threes like gift giving? Mm-hmm. You never know. I would have to see. Well, one of the threes uh, qualities is they like to be affirmed. And my my number one love language is words oh, of affirmation. That so that one aligns, Are you physical touch, but... Sarah? No. God, I hate being touched. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no. I, what was what's yours? I would say words of affirmation is how I like to receive it, but how I give is mm-hmm. gift giving. I love giving presents. Same with Nathan, mm. but he hates receiving gifts because he is the worst person to buy a gift for in the entire world because he doesn't want anything. He tells his family to buy him socks. I'm like, people want to get you something. Come on. <laughs> like, this isn't personal. <laughs> he, you can't buy him video games because he plays one game. He wears the same thing. He's very, very hard to shop for, but he loves buying gifts. Like, oh he it goes too hard buying gifts. And what's the last thing I'll say too about the Enneagram that's really cool that people should look into, and this is completely off topic, is your childhood has a huge impact on how you become the number you are. So there's lots of things in your childhood that could dictate. So like a one, usually there's two ways you become a one. Either you had parents that were really hard on you and so you felt like you couldn't meet their expectations. So you're like, I'm going to create even higher expectations for myself. Or you had a, lock, a lack of a father figure. So you became your own father figure and your own rule maker. So that the latter, that was how mine was. My dad wasn't around a lot when I was younger. A two is typically they felt like they had to help out in order to be loved. So maybe they were an older sibling who gave a lot around the household to feel like that's how they got the attention maybe. A three could have been like they, and again, it's perception for a child. So it's not like your parents were doing anything wrong. It's just how the kid felt loved or perceived love. A three could be like your parents praised you when you did really well on a test or at a talent show. And that's like what fueled you the most was that praise, which is a lot of people in America. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think about like we're very goal oriented totally. and achiever oriented. Um, a four is typically either you grew up in a really artistic household or you grew up feeling super misunderstood, like your family just didn't get who you were and you were unheard. A five, you had to kind of withdraw within yourself, typically have a lot of times a, a more traumatic childhood. And so they turned to books and knowledge to entertain. A mm-hmm. six is something was scary and um, maybe you didn't have like a lot of stability. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of sixes are children of alcoholics. Really? Sevens. Yeah. So because they're, you know, their biggest fear is fear itself. So a lot of, you know, they had a lot of like instability and fear in their families, which two of the sixes I know both did have parents that were alcoholics. Which didn't you say six is like the most common thing for Americans? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which think about how unstable people's family lives are now. Like how oh, many yeah. people do you know that came out of their childhood like unscathed? I think about it like I don't really know anyone that didn't have like a rough childhood and if you didn't you're like wow you're a unicorn that's amazing oh for sure a seven is typically the product of either they saw a family member working really hard too hard and they said I don't want to live a life like that you work too much or a lack of a mother figure and Mm. an eight I, I said this earlier typically comes from something in your childhood told you I can't be a child anymore and so you had to bury your childhood self and become an adult and then a nine is maybe you grew up in like a loud household or a turbulent household and you wanted to feel more comfortable so a lot of like aggressive parents or just a loud family can a lot of times put you into a nine and again it's perception so what's interesting is me and my sister are different numbers than my mom even too and my husband every single one of him and his sister's are different numbers, but you can grow up all in the same family. But again, it's how you, as like your soul, mm-hmm. perceives things as a kid. Oh, weird. I can't think of like That's what so I would have had to do to like grow up quicker as an eight. So I just think about that. 
were you given like a lot of responsibilities as a kid or taught taught like adult things maybe young where you felt like you had like a lot of kids who grew up in really religious families too can become an eight because they feel like they have to turn away from sin and become an adult and or you know I would say more so that I wanted the responsibility I wanted to grow up so bad when I was younger so maybe our other friend that's an eight also didn't he said he didn't have a traumatic childhood so there's people that get out unscathed but I have that's supposedly what my therapist told me because she was an eight so she was very um into that I love to hear it that's so I've never heard that before me neither and again it's just it's I think it makes also how your number comes out very different because Mm -hmm. I did wasn't held to like a really high standard by my parents and it was more my lack of my dad in my life I feel like I'm very different than the ones I know in my life that they are one because their parents were super super strict I feel like my sister would be a one because she was also like she's the oldest and Mm -hmm. she was just like I don't know if it was necessarily anything my parents instilled but she just as the oldest child was always like wanting to please them and like just be so perfect and like study the hardest and like just be whatever and then I'm just the total opposite of that so it'd be (laughs) interesting to see I'm gonna I'm gonna send this to her after this and see what she is. It's funny because you say yeah. Brie and I are very similar, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. What if she, she could be an eight, eights. too? I wonder. Hmm. Well, that could be it, too. Well, Nathan mistyped as a one when he first took the test. Hmm. And again, like, I have, I've mistyped as a two, which makes sense because it's my wing. Mm-hmm. But ones and eights have a lot of similar qualities. It just comes out really different. Right. Like, I'm less fearful of being controlled, but... I will like stand up for myself like we're both like aggressive but I don't mind him being in charge of a lot of things I'm like sweet but when (laughs) I was in relationships with people who were passive I felt like I was pretty controlling so I kind of enjoy I feel like I'm in a better relationship to be with someone who because I feel like ones we can be kind of um dictators if we're given too much control (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm total dictator for sure (laughs) yeah Yeah, you you know you know it is I love be- I love being in control. Control is my middle name. So are you guys both the are you guys the dominant ones in your relationships? If you're a three with a two or a nine, and you're an eight with a two, yes, for sure. Yeah, we ended up with the nice. like exact same type of guy. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Were you guys you guys were friends when you were both single too, right? Yeah, yeah. And we have like the exact same childhood, and our moms were working all the time and our dads kind of took care of us not took mm-hmm. not saying our moms didn't take care of us obviously they yeah. did but yeah. they worked more they were the caretakers the caretakers mm-hmm. for sure so definitely that's why we attribute so much of why Caitlin and I get along so well we never have conflict is because of the way we were raised mm-hmm. you guys never fight no no unless we're PMSing and like when we live together like go like fight <laughs> And because, yeah, we're always synced. So when we lived together, it was just like just passive aggressive <laughs> comments. But it wasn't ever really that deep. So, yeah, we've never I feel fought. like me and my best friend get in like a big fight every like six months. Really? Because of our huge differences in personality sometimes. Like she's like, I know what you're telling me I should do, but I don't want to do it. And you need to back off. And I'm like, I've been hearing you say the same thing for six months that you're going <laughs> to change chop. and you're not doing it. <laughs> so So I feel like every six months we have to like take like a day break from each other then you're just good and yeah that's hilarious (laughs) we beef beef it out for a minute do either of you apologize then or is it just like an understanding 
Um, <laughs> we always apologize, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to think of like who apologizes first. Mm-hmm. I usually have to reach out. So she's like a let's not talk for a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, a, I have let's to talk it out. Mm-hmm. And so I'll usually come to her and I usually kind of want to like hash out the details probably too much. Like I'm like, well, here's what you did. And here's what I did. <laughs> and then we usually come to like an, a conclusion, which we've been friends for 17 years. Oh so gosh. that also makes a huge mm-hmm. difference. And we grew up together moved across the country together and she's married to a one as well so she probably gets a lot of, too much one in her life often too many people too telling her what to do too close <laughs> so where do you recommend people take the enneagram test what's your favorite place to take this so if you're willing to spend money if i think it's like 10 bucks there's a website the enneagram institute and it used to be free but of course they capitalized on like everyone becoming obsessed with the enneagram and they started charging Rats. for it so that's going to give you a really accurate uh, test results, but there's so many free tests online. Mm-hmm. Again, it's how you take the test that is most important. It's about being brutally honest with yourself. Yeah. Don't take it like you're, you're, you know, taking the Hogwarts house test and you just really <laughs> want to be a Gryffindor. So you just pretend you're just yes. a saint. Oh, and I'm like, none of us are <laughs> Gryffindors except for Cody. Like I had to come to the conclusion that I was a Ravenclaw and now I'm loud and proud. So just <laughs> same. let it happen. Be honest. And and you don't like feel good when you take the test either because they're it pretty much asking close. like negative like, things. But yeah. you have to yeah. be very self-reflecting. And yeah, exactly. They honest. say the results should kind of hurt your feelings a little bit when you read it. Oh, so like, for sure. If you read it and it doesn't hurt your feelings at you all, be, then yeah. personally attacked. It's probably but also not seen. right. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fucking true. <laughs> and then when you read like the healthy levels, you're like, oh no, that I'm living in unhealth, yeah. and it's like pretty much writes you're a psychopath. Yes. And you're like, okay. Oh man, I love. It. Wonder if there's any connection with like serial killers and enneagrams. Because there's, well, they say yeah. most serial killers are Virgos. So, ooh. Uh oh. <laughs> Where are they? They could be perfectionists because, I mean, they usually True. do the same repetitive Ted things. Ted Bundy, you wonder if he was a one. Get away with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they talk about if you look at the very unhealthiest level, which it's like when you, if you're down at the very bottom of the barrel, if you're at like at a level nine on the unhealthy scale, mm-hmm. it's like, you need to be committed like it's like usually like suicidal or like a danger to other people or you're having like some sort of like psychotic break so I'd be very curious if there is a correlation but I could see every number cracking like look Mm -hmm. at what's his bucket from um what's that murder next door they did the Netflix on the guy who killed his whole family and put like his two daughters in the oil rig oh uh Chris Watts yeah, he was probably an Enneagram 9, which you feel like would be like the last number to kill someone. But everyone talked about how mild he was and he like was never argumentative with his wife and how he like one of the things that was really shocking when he first came um, to the police when they came there was they were like, he's talking way more than he ever does. Weird. And so he just had his breaking point where I think he had a wife that was more dominating and he wanted to leave his life. And obviously, I mean, anyone that's going to kill their whole family, like something's wrong with you. Yeah, you are unwell. And, you know, and that he had so much time in between every single murder. Like he had time to rethink like the next murder <sighs> and the next one. So much. But when you watch that story, you're like, oh, that guy was probably a nine. And then you think like, what's the Green River Killer? 
he was probably a one because he was killing prostitutes and he thought that they were like, you know, evil. Uh (laughs) And he, one of the only reasons he stopped killing for a while is because he had like a come to Jesus moment and really loved his wife that he had married, but he kept feeling like he needed to kill prostitutes. So maybe he thought they were like bad for the universe. He like thought he was helping. I feel like a lot of like psychopath serial killers that actually believe they're doing something good yeah interesting so they would probably be a one it's fucked up yeah there's probably a lot of serial killer ones mm-hmm. i would not be shocked i would be curious what ted bundy would be but he was such he was a such psychopath a charmer like, too like i don't know he could have been a three yeah so anyway bridget where can we find you on social media so i'm mostly on instagram at bridgefit you'll find my stories where i give my most detailed information and things that I care about. And hopefully in the future, I will have my podcast out Yay. and you guys can listen to me talk yes. about all the things that I love, health and wellness on there as well. Oh, I love it. We're going to probably have you on the podcast in the future, just so you know about we'll, health we'll, and we'll be discussing different health and wellness yeah. things because I love I'll have that to have stuff. you guys on. And more Bravo. Talk reality TV. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, more yes. Bravo, I can talk about Bravo. <laughs> yeah, immediately. I'm like, in reality TV. <laughs> I mean, I even watch like the trashy stuff like Love After Lockup. So, I've never you know. heard of that. And I love it. <gasps> I need to oh watch that for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. It's so entertaining. It's so good. And you're really um, into TikTok right now. I've seen a few things. Are you? Yeah, I'm trying to do some TikTok stuff, but I find that I keep making just drink recipes. So I'm like, it should be like Bridget's drinks. Yes, I like every single one. Okay, so that's the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming as our first loaded guest. You're the best. Yes, thanks for having me. Yes, everyone go take your Enneagram test and go to our Instagram and tell us what you are. So thank you again, Bridget, for talking to us about Enneagrams. We enjoyed having you guys on, and we Mm -hmm. obviously want you back. Oh, of course. I feel so knowledgeable now about Enneagrams, and (laughs) I'm just inspired. I'm going to go get all the books and just – I kind of want to retake the test also because it's been a long time since I've taken it. So I want to see also if my wing has changed, but – can't wait for that and if you guys enjoyed this episode please go ahead and rate us five stars go leave a review on apple Podcasts because it really really helps us out and means the world we love reading your guys's reviews they make my heart so warm i know i love it so much thank you if you've left one we appreciate you and we've read it yes we love you so much and stay tuned for next tuesday for a new episode it's gonna be a great one See you next Tuesday. Oh, that is. I did not realize. (laughs) We should probably run with that.